0: The Cat & Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour Turnaround, it's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So, being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you, they care about me, and I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. What's cracking, everyone? It's Baca here, back in the game after a week off work. Feeling pretty good on this Monday. So good, in fact, that I need to start off this podcast with a little corrections corner because everybody makes mistakes, and turns out I make a lot more than most people. So this week we interviewed Dana Andrews. She is a coffee trader, works at Inter-American Coffee. Fantastic interview with one catch, and that is I think I had multiple mics on myself going at the same time because I'm narcissistic like that and left them all on. And it basically sounds like I'm under 10 feet of water the entire interview. That being said, the interview had some really, really good content. Dana addressed some things that we haven't talked about with any other guests that we've had on the podcast. So we're going to push through it. We're going to release it anyway. And just know that whenever I speak, it's going to sound absolutely ridiculous. Jared sounds perfect like he always does. Dana sounds perfect like she always does. So if you have some sort of green coffee fantasy that needs tickling, check out this episode and please forgive my underwater because I'm dealing with the second fail that I had on Monday, which was somehow a bunch of podcasts got erased. I am screaming into the week, but I feel good because I'm here with you. You all are my safe place. So thank you for providing that net of comfort. Let's get into it. Did
1: Did it Did you get it? Dana, we got it. Chris, we got it. We are back in action. Bad Boys 2 plus Dana. So what what that means
0: now, I think, if I'm right, is that we are currently recording.
1: We are live on the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast via internet.
0: We've got Dana Andrews with us today, everybody.
1: Woo! Welcome
2: to the podcast. Thank you for having me.
0: Dude, thank you for having us. You're in a completely different place. You're not where you live, right?
2: No, I am in uh, big old Houston, Texas.
0: Houston, Texas. And you're a San Diego person.
2: I'm a San Diegan, yes. I think I can officially say that I've lived there four years now, which is crazy, so I think it's home.
0: You feel like you're integrated into the culture?
2: Yeah, I still use a. Well, I say MapQuest, but I know that's like so dated. I just a MapQuest <laughs> to get downtown. I use Google Maps as the app oh, on my yeah. phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty but good. But I'd rather MapQuest. say MapQuest.
0: You, yeah, my mom's coming over, so I printed her out a MapQuest, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "Come on, for it. it's how you get here?" Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. Last my time dad I've...
2: definitely still gives me like AAA maps every time I go home, so it's not far fetched.
1: There you go. <laughs> that's, that's serious. Last time yeah. I was in San Diego, okay, second to last time I was in San Diego, you took me to get a breakfast burrito and I will never forget that moment. Because I needed yeah. it, I needed it so bad.
2: It's the best. It's the I best. You really breakfast. did need it that day. We I don't think we should have that conversation. But I was you did fine. Need it. <laughs> I was
1: fine, Dana.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no judgment.
1: <laughs> Remember Dana's. I had the flu. That was the real truth. Yeah, you, you thought did. I was hungover, but I really—I had a fever of 101 degrees, and I wanted a. Yeah. look spray.
2: at that dedication, though. You were there, and you had a great energy about it. You were ready.
1: Miracle Jared thing. was borderline dead.
0: He knew what was yeah. there. Oh, he did have a great energy. I'm glad you came because I did not. You know, it's it's not as fun to go by yourself.
1: No. Yeah. No.
0: I'm like, this will be cool. Just go to San Diego by myself. Okay.
1: Yeah, but we're we're also talking to somebody who buys coffee and often goes on trips by herself. You probably this got
0: is true. Yeah, let's give a, a thirty second background for everybody who's listening. If you don't know Dana, you're a coffee trader. You work at Inter American Coffee, so yeah. you're like you're hardcore green coffee supply chain person, and you know buying coffee, cupping coffee, getting people the right coffee. You do a little bit of stuff, you do a lot of stuff. You're like a you're like a renaissance person.
2: Yeah, sounds about right. I like that. I feel like I've been in different parts of the industry, so it's important to know how to do a little bit of everything.
0: So knowing now, all the people in the world know what you do, quick snapshot, how did you like how did you even end up getting into coffee? Like what's your coffee superhero origin story?
2: Oh, it's probably the one I get asked the most, especially by like is now like, right, like, where'd you get to where you are? And how'd you get the job? And as lame as it sounds, I got really lucky. Like I tripped, I fell, I went down some stairs, I ended up in a hole, I somehow got a job that I was super underqualified for. Um, so I lived in the Bay Area, I was in Walnut Creek, and I was interning with the Golden State Warriors basketball team. And I was just looking for a job and I was applying to take the GMAT thinking I was going to be in sports my whole life. And I was working out and playing basketball at the gym and happened to work out at the gym with all these dudes. And somehow some guy told someone that I was looking for a job and they happened to be looking for a glorified receptionist. And I went in for an interview one day and I've always been obsessed with cafes and coffee and travel and and in food in a sense like nutrition and things like that and so when they were saying hey do you want to answer phones and oh by the way can you get in front of this job as burns and learn how to sample roast and set up cuffings and i was all about it so got a chance with inner american um up in the bay and been there since
0: that's awesome and with that's the, so random <laughs> to paint that picture too for everybody who might not know when you say that you're just playing basketball like she's you're good at playing, basketball you're playing
1: basketball <laughs> yeah like not not you, kip dynamite out there <laughs>
2: no no although in high school we used to like watch Anwan mixtapes and they called me like the prosecutor because my initials are da <laughs> there you
1: go dude <laughs> it's the so real i like that
0: yeah, i talked yeah. to the first person who I'd met, and this is how I knew I was kind of getting old, they did not know what and what mixtapes were.
2: Oh, my heart. What? It hurt me
1: Escalade. too,
0: was like,
2: now just a car. <laughs>
0: yeah, no hot sauce, no freaking Black Widow, none of that Oh, this. So my God. super bummed. I was like, well... We're on a totally different wavelength, I suppose.
2: Uh, right. Try going back to watch your college basketball team play and not know one person on the bench. You're ew. like, "Gosh, I'm really out of it. Like it's been a while."
1: I used to be somebody.
2: I know. Now <laughs> I you're like, who somebody. are you? I'm like, "Hey,
1: you're. Like, I could show you up, kid."
2: <laughs> right. Where's the ball at? <laughs> it's
1: going I need down. to make a
0: little money. Might just go down to the playground and hustle some of the dudes and just fucking stack that
1: cash. <laughs> yeah. You still play so- basketball, right?
2: I do a little bit um, mm-hmm. in San Diego I do play a lot of beach volleyball now so unfortunately I don't do it as much but as we get older it's it's just tough it's a contact sport like when I play it it's full contact so I don't really like coming home with like bruises and sprained ankles anymore as much but um, I definitely still try to get in there every now and then
0: okay you often play with the dudes because I do right yeah.
2: Yeah, so I'm in, like, a co-ed league now where it's more social, but at least with co-ed it's fun. And so. then you can go in and either, like, do work if you feel like it or guys, no offense, kind of take over the game if I don't feel like playing that hard. So it's still fun.
1: It's <laughs> okay, we're always out to prove something, us dudes.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially when you get older. Like, Try trying to be tough.
1: Oh, yeah, the older guys, dude, who are always like,
0: foul! I'm like, come on, dude, <laughs> yeah.
1: you just suck now. Yeah. It's not a foul. You're yeah, falling so, off, like, homie. Yeah,
0: deal with it. Oh God. What, how was it like, I mean, that's like a completely different world. So you go and you think you're just gonna, like you said, glorified receptionist. So I'll answer the phone and I'll take some notes or whatever. And then they're like sample roast this coffee. Uh How was that transition? Was it, was it literally that casual to where like, Hey, you want to just roast some coffee?
2: Yeah, honestly, it was. And I think that um, so I've been with Inter-American actually for like just over seven years. So I think seven years ago, coffee wasn't a little bit of a different point. Like it was still a specialty and we were coming out of it. Um, But it allowed me to go into something where I could really just be taught how to roast because they were doing it for quality control purposes. I just had to go in and hit my specs and um, yeah, answer phones, do that, set up cuppings. And then I would just spend every day listening to them cup. I would practice cupping all the time. And then I don't think they anticipated me really falling in love with coffee and being like, wow, I didn't know this is a possibility where like I would draw maps. Like I was like coloring maps to like try to understand regions and like understand coffee. And I would make like, I had like a Bible, like encyclopedia from like listening to them cup and trying to like correlate cupping notes with regions and things like that. So as I took it to a whole nother level, they were like, this is awesome. Like we'll support her and we'll keep teaching her how to roast and we'll keep teaching her about coffee. And then I kind of like created a quality control position. So pretty soon after just answering the, Phones, I was actually doing like a QC position there.
0: Wow. What was the draw for you? I, I mean, something like basketball and you said you were going to go work for the Warriors.
2: Uh-huh.
0: it's a, a completely different world. What got you sparked to where like, oh, cool. This is something that I'm really interested. In. What makes someone want to draw origin maps and track that stuff?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I think I had an interest in food and nutrition and like I'm not a big drinker so to me even in college people would laugh because I'd go to a coffee shop before I went to practice or I'd go to a coffee shop to study before I went to um you know the gym or if someone said hey you want to grab a drink I'm like yeah let's go to this coffee shop like I did one of my senior projects on like a coffee shop because I thought the gastronomy behind it like the culture and like the relationship between coffee and people was so interesting so for me I always loved it in that in a aspect already. I just didn't know that there was a capability to be in it more. And I always wanted a job that I could travel and go places. And, and so this was kind of the perfect thing, right? Like, wow, I didn't realize like there's something that is kind of food related. And like, my favorite thing is still to like, go to a coffee shop and grab like, I'm going to say like the hipster avocado toast, a cappuccino or a coffee and try these things. And you still get that same excitement as if like you're going to a wine bar or a beer place or like going somewhere. And I found that love with like coffee and people. So I just think that I needed the little window to know it was possible for me just to like jump right in and I was ready for it.
1: Was there a moment during the the process where you're cupping and tasting all these coffees where there was like a standout coffee moment that made you decide this is absolutely crazy do you remember that moment
2: um it wasn't so much like tasting coffee but when I knew how insane our job was was when I was doing quality control we did like the HCA cupping which is like the Hawaiian cupping and I had to roast and cup 120 samples in a day and a half like I would literally (laughs) I had to like roast like 70 in the morning cup those 70 and then roast the 70 for the next day and then go and cup those the next day and I was like holy crap this is like a lot like this is really a lot of stuff and then realize like Coffee people are kind of crazy. Like we love it. Like the mm-hmm. high on it was amazing though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I don't <laughs> do alcohol. I, I do on. coffee. Yeah. yeah. I am ripped. So
2: I would say that was probably the most like eye opening thing for me. And luckily being in the Bay Area, I would go to a lot of local cuppings on the weekends, even so I could be like I wasn't in my own workplace where I'd admit I didn't know something. I could go and just be a normal consumer, even though I worked in coffee and learn through that and then learn how to teach about coffee too when they're teaching and they're talking about coffee to normal consumers and i was learning how to talk about it with clients or people or my family so being in the bay was like a great place to really learn a lot and just get fully like developed in my palate and understanding where it came from and you know hoping and wishing to go to origin for your first time and understanding all that was awesome
0: how long did it take you until you felt really comfortable with the skill of cupping. Because when we talk to our employees and people in the industry, it's one of the most intimidating things to be able to stand around a cupping table and talk about it with the big kids. Mm -hmm. It's kind of scary.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you... At least for me, I try never to be comfortable. I try to always, like, keep my palate fresh. Like, I mean, you can try foods and things all the time, and I think it's important to still walk through Farmer's Market and grab lavender and smell it, or grab nuts and taste them. I mean, I think we can get pretty comfortable in saying the same terms over and over and over with different regions. Um, So I guess I just try not to get comfortable, but on, like, a basic level, um, I mean, I took almost three and a half years to take the queue, I was still nervous. Like I, I didn't trust myself, even though I cupped every single day. I think it was about three years that I actually trusted myself to like, be like, okay, I can cup and and I know what I'm doing.
1: How long was it before you were sent to origin when you started doing all this QC stuff?
2: Well, funny story on my first trip to origin. So I started with the company like December, 2010 and it was in like 2013 that we had a supplier come from Costa Rica and visit our office. And I had never been to Origin. I was still kind of like, you know, pretty new still for coffee. And he was like, oh, come to Costa Rica. I will receive you well. And I kind of like grabbed his arm and <laughs> like, wait, w- w- will you really? Because they haven't sent me to Origin. And like, I didn't really know if the opportunity was there and, and maybe they would have, but I didn't want to wait anymore so i emailed my boss and was like hey i hope you don't mind but i bought a ticket to costa rica and i'm gonna go stay with this person for two days and that's all i could afford at the time so i technically bought my first trip to origin myself whoa uh, just to get there i'm like how can i talk about like what a natural process is and a wash process is? and like i would draw diagrams of like okay this is the skin this is the pulp this is the parchment like and i would try to like understand it but until you really get there um, I don't think that you fully can comprehend it on the same level. And so I just wanted to go and I had an aunt that was in Puerto Rico sailing. So I was like, okay, I'll go to Costa Rica for two days. And I did, I took a red eye and then I took a hopper flight to Puerto Rico and did like a vacation. Like, it wasn't like I just did that. Um, but I went for two days to Costa Rica and it was eye and it was amazing. And you know, now since then I've been to quite a few origins, which is great, but that was my first trip.
1: What parts of Costa Rica were you in?
2: Uh, mostly in San Jose, and then I went through all Terra Zoo. So I was only there for two days. So we did like Terra Zoo for one day, and then CUPped the other day, and then I took another red eye right out of there.
1: <laughs> so crazy, yeah. I think Chris and I are going to go to Costa Rica in two weeks from uh, right now, but who knows when this podcast comes out? And Chris has never been, but that was my first origin trip as well, and it blew my mind.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. I think I, it's it's probably time for me to go back um, and actually do like a full trip now. And, and we have a group company there, so it's worth going for sure.
1: Dude, let's go one day. We can all, let's go. Time. Yeah. We're going in let's two do weeks. It. Yeah. It was also my,
2: <laughs> careful. When does this come out? <laughs> I'm like ready.
1: <laughs> Yo, time to roll. I go. know.
2: Let's do it. But yeah, that's my first time ziplining. So there's many firsts in Costa Rica. <laughs>
1: Dude, me too. Ziplining yeah. in Costa Rica was gangster. I've never
0: been ziplining. I've, See, I can't wait.
1: I hope we go. go. Yeah, I hope we go.
0: Oh, we're going to go. We're going to figure this thing out.
1: We'll make Evelyn. One
0: thing thing I think that's huge that I'm just going to point out really quickly to everybody that's listening is that everything that you've – we're we're only like part of the way through your journey, but all these like cool and incredible things that you did, you kind of saw beyond yourself or saw ahead of the curve. I'm going to take it upon myself to draw this – Little map. I'm going to take it upon myself to create my own diagram of how coffee looks. I'm going to buy my own, you know, origin trip. And I think that's a really cool place to be in and a really cool attitude to take in terms of personal growth to where it's not just what, you know, give me this, give me this, give me that. Like, I'm going to do these things because I'm super interested. I think that's epic.
1: Yeah, the initiative is key to the next level and you made it happen a lot of people do wait or expect somebody to just hand them something and that is something that i'm really stoked you did you just went for it
2: yeah thanks i think it's just humbling to be and i was new to coffee and i was so appreciative to have the opportunity like i just didn't want to ask for anything like i wanted to prove like i'm serious about this and i knew it was going to come back like i also just got back from spending a ton of time in columbia and that i didn't have to pay my trip myself and i I felt so grateful for that, and I I knew that it would come back around. Like, if you put in the work, like, it's going to come back to you, you know?
1: What's been the most rewarding thing, if you could sum it up, since you started? I
2: think the relationships and the people.
1: Yeah, no doubt. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it sounds like cliche. And you know, it's not because Valentine's Day just happened. I'm in a loving mood. But it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just one of those things, like everyone in coffee, like we do it because we love it, right? Like, I'm not going to become a millionaire doing my job. Like, I don't know, maybe someone else will, but not me (laughs) where I'm at. And so I think that we all do it cause we love it. And I love connecting with people and I love learning about something in somebody's life. And I think that that happens in coffee. I think somehow it's this industry where we allow ourselves to get really raw and really real and like really passionate about it. And I think that that's been the most rewarding thing.
0: You touched on something earlier that you kind of glazed over that you were, you started inter-American and then you said you created a department, Right, you created the quality control department.
2: I think just like that position there, like we had one in my other offices, we had like head QC in Houston. And um, I think, you know, they hired me with a position of just like a glorified receptionist. Like I ordered FedEx and samples and staples and, you know, I did a little bit of everything. And so by the end of it, I was actually like doing approvals and rejections. And I like had created that position in that office where they empowered me to make more quality control decisions out of that office instead of just my Houston office. Like I could email origin and reject or approve a sample and things like that. Um, so I kind of like created that little niche in that office that wasn't previously like a full blown on QC, um, position.
1: Mm, That's still like
0: a, I mean, that's a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) say. (laughs)
0: you helped improve
1: a company yeah
2: yeah, I mean I I hope so, right? That's all we can hope to do and I didn't know if I would be doing quality control forever and you know I'm not now I'm trading now which is great but I just wanted to learn as much as possible and and getting into QC and being responsible for that I think that you just learn so much you're touching every sample that comes through there. I mean, you understand the different origins and the regions and the coffees that we buy and the coffees that we do and learning from um you know the other QC department in my other office. I just tried to learn as much as possible and how they operate and they made it a pretty seamless transition, which was nice.
1: So you went from QC and then you, now you're a trader. How long were you a QC and when did you become a trader?
2: I became a trader about four years ago, Okay, I believe. Yeah. So it was in the transition. Um, we decided to close our office in the Bay area and we had an office already in San Diego. So we, Um, technically like consolidated the offices and three of us moved down. I was one of them. And in the transition, they had asked me, you know, like, do you want to do QC? Do you want to trade? Like, what do you want to do? Like, we want you to trade. So we'd like to give you that opportunity. Like you love coffee, you love people, you know, it like we would rather you take a position in trading in San Diego. And so of course at first I'm like freaking out, doubting myself, like, no, I'm not a salesperson, which I'm still not, but I love coffee and I love talking about it. So I decided to start um, making that transition when I moved to San Diego four years ago.
0: What's the most challenging part of going from QC QA into trading?
2: Having to talk on the phone so much, I think. <laughs> like so much of it is having to like reach out and be super not confident in like a, in a in a bad way, but just confident in what you know. I think we forget how much we really know sometimes when we're on this side of the business because I'm cupping so much, I'm traveling so much. We're doing um, such a valuable part of the supply chain, and I think just being able to be confident and talk to people. And I like cold calling people. Sometimes I have to call someone that I know probably doesn't want to talk to me. But you know, it's part of the job in a sense, too. And I think that's probably the hardest part for me. Because once I get you on the phone, and if you want to talk about coffee, I could talk about it all day. That's great for me. But making those like initial conversations happen can sometimes be a little nerving.
0: What's your attitude like in the sense of, you're a coffee trader, but you say, you know, I wasn't a salesman and I'm I'm, I'm still not a salesperson. That's not Mm -hmm. part of my DNA. What, what's your approach to selling coffee? Mm. How does that work?
2: Yeah. Um, I think in some sense, if I do my job, well, I don't have to sell anything. I just have to give you what you want because you all need coffee. Like whether you're a specialty shop or whether you're doing gas station coffee or whatever it is, you, I have something that you guys need. So if I do my job by like having a relationship with you and listening to you and understanding your needs, I just have to do my job in finding it and putting it in front of the right people. So I think More that's what I try to focus on is not try to put any sample in front of any person, but putting the right sample in front of the right person, whether subjectively, I might not even like the coffee. It might be something I really don't enjoy cupping or tasting, but I know that it's perfect for you and your market. Then I'm going to put that in front of you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You touched on something, which I think has been one of the most key revelations for myself and our wholesale platform is Being a good listener is just about the best sales tool that you could ever have.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And making it customer focused is not, it's not really about you.
1: Right.
2: Right. And it's not about my favorite coffee or my favorite experience. And sometimes it's not even about my experience at all. Like I'm there because you need to grow your business and I need to make sure that you are aware of what you're buying, you're happy with what you're buying. Like I, whether it's price or quality or things like that. So it's kind of just doing content spent like Tetris all day in some sense, and putting a puzzle together:
1: Do you have a Oh go ahead.: No it's good. I was just going to say your relationship building. Go on.: Yeah.:
0: <laughs> I was just going to
1: ask if you have a
0: system in place or a way that you check up on coffees after you've sold them to people, So you're getting people basically into their perfect menu, green coffee goes out. Do you check back up on that stuff just for funsies?
2: Um, sometimes, I mean, the greatest thing for me is if you're a client and you get coffee and I know you're like single ordering it, like I'll buy a bag and have it in my office and try it. Like things like that are probably the best part to check up on it. And like a consumer way of like, what is this tasting? Like it can taste different from so many different people from whoever buys it. Um, but I guess the ultimate goal would be that the relationship is there where I'm going to continue to talk to you as a client and either sell you other coffees where we can continue the conversation therefore after like, Hey, you bought this Kenya. Um, okay. Well in a couple months from now, and we're talking about another coffee, I'll probably still bring up like, Oh, are you still liking that Kenya or something like that? So, um, the ultimate goal and hope would be to continue talking about them always.
0: Do you feel like you're some sort of a, a curator in a- 'Cause we've we've worked together and I think it's really cool when you have someone who you have you're like this gateway to all these amazing copies, but you need to find out what people are gonna want. So you need to listen to them. So you're kind of this first like wave of I'm whittling down potentially thousands of copies to twenty or thirty that you're gonna try of this kind to fill your menu. Is it hard to to remember all that and juggle all that?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it's a little bit daunting to, you know, I think, um, at times like our job feels very challenging because there's so many roasters with so many preferences and to be able to take a position where we have an inventory that we feel like we can appeal to the most people sometimes can't appeal to everyone. And there's many clients out there that like, I love, and I, know maybe the roaster really well and they want a coffee and i don't have it and if i don't like that's honestly like one of the worst feelings ever of like oh my god i know that you want this specific coffee they're this varietal and i don't have it right now and i probably can't get it for a while and i think that's probably like the hardest part so like yes it's great to create and it does feel amazing when you go and a coffee fits perfectly in someone's menu and they call you back and they're like oh my god i love that coffee it's like the most rewarding day ever but then also there are times where like it it's also very challenging to manage our inventory, to be able to have, you know, the 81 to the 84 coffees and also somehow find a place for the 86 to 87s and Uh things like that and be able to like move them fast enough where they also are worth the cost and the price of the coffee as well. So, um, everyone's different. I've sent like an 89, like Kenya to someone and they're like, uh, 83 don't love it. And I can't judge them for it. Like that's your coffee and it's my job to find the coffee you like. So it's definitely like a little bit of a dance.
1: Yeah. Have you noticed, uh, like trends over the years that come and go? Have you noticed that like everybody's asking for a certain kind of coffee and then like the next year they're asking for a different style or is it, is it a little different than that?
2: Yeah, no, I do definitely think there are trends out there. I mean, I think that the last few years, like Kenya's got really popular and there were times when like naturals were that now people love washed again. And there's times where like really intense coffees were really popular. And then it just seems like at some point, I feel like the windows got smaller. Like at some point somehow 82 is no longer special to you with some people when like it's 80 and above, like it kind of is still, but like our windows getting like smaller and smaller and we want higher and higher quality, which is great to push the barriers as well. Like there's a good and a bad to everything, you know? So, um, there definitely are trends out there that we have to talk as traders and as a company and try to stay on top of them and be able to know, But we're not psychic. So we have to talk to our clients and ask them what they want so that we can continue, whether it's a trend or not, to continue to have the knowledge of what people are looking for.
1: Yes. I'm looking. Go on.
0: Oh, no. You were looking at something.
1: No, no. I'll I'll get it after you have a good question. Then I'll have a a little something, something, something. Except for your quote is, I can't believe this is my life. That's one of your quotes. That's a quote from Dana.
0: For listening, for everybody listening, Jared and I are in physically different rooms, so we can't (laughs) see each other. So that's why we keep talking to each other. I don't know what's going on out there. I was gonna ask if your job got noticeably different in the last three or four years. It just seems like there's so many people roasting coffee now, specifically specialty. It's coffee roasters just like pop up here, pop up here, pop up here, pop up here. How does that work? How does that impact your day to day?
2: Yeah, I think that there are a lot. It's really challenging to like keep up with them and like always find them. And and I think day to day, it takes a lot more time and people to sell like the same volumes of coffee. Cause instead of a couple companies buying a lot of coffee, it's a lot of people buying a lot, which is a lot of DOs, a lot of lines, a lot of releases, a lot of things to manage. So more than anything, I think that's probably like the biggest change is being able to find so many roasters and and talk to them and sell them coffee. And it just takes a lot more time and people and work to sell to so many people.
0: Do you have a team or like an assistant that you work with that manages your schedule and stuff? I wish.
2: Can we talk about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, let's get you
0: one. What do you need? Right? Right? I think you might need an assistant. I, th- I think you're at that level.
2: Yeah, I know. I think I only get offered to be like my assistant when I travel, though. Everyone's like, "Need someone to go with you to Peru." Like, "Need someone to go with you here." I'm like, "No, I need someone in the office, actually, like every day." Help me. So,
1: <laughs> so you're yeah, balling I mean, too hard. We have a
2: great team though, which is awesome. I mean, our logistics department's great, our QC department, our management. Like, the nice thing is, like, I'm not by myself, and we have a lot of support. And so. It allows us to do what we do, but on the like most part, like we have the lot of like autonomy to do what we do in everyday life. Like I choose who I call every day and I manage my schedule and I manage who I talk to.
1: Is there a specific farmer that you've become exceptionally close with? Obviously you're gonna have a lot of good relationships, but is there like, yeah, a farmer somewhere that has really kind of become special to you as a person?
2: Um, that's challenging. I think that I try not to in a sense like I mean I love Luis Pedro like he's probably one of the coolest people I've met and I had such an amazing experience um, going there but um, even this last time in Colombia like I went and I met this family and the thing is like I I don't even want to say like I've actually never bought their coffee full transparency I've never bought their coffee it was the first time I visited and he was like a six Six farmer who looks like this NBA star and I was like, who Sick. are you? Like <laughs> basketball player, coffee farmer, and his family was like the most humbling family ever. And his their son had like painted these little cars, and I ended up like buying a car and bringing it home. And he had messaged me on Instagram like, thank you so much for visiting. And I've had that happen so many times with like different farmers that like. Those seem so important in my like journey in my life. And I can't always buy the coffee, but I like to try or I like to at least build a relationship. Um, and then I think that they're long-term relationships. So I met him now, and like if it's up to me, in two or three years, we will buy their coffee and things like that. Sometimes they're a little bit like more long term, but I would say like Luis Pedro was probably like, the biggest farmer that I was really impressed by because it was like Guatemala was one of my dream trips to go to and being able to meet him and talk to him and really feel like wow like I'm doing this. This is my job. This is my life. Like this is beautiful and I'm happy right now.
1: Yeah he's a really fun human being and yeah he has got he's got good energy about him.
2: Yeah definitely and I recently actually just had a really good friend of mine go to Guatemala and he was Um, staying there and I had talked to Melanie and Luis Pedro was like, Hey, my friend, he's not a coffee person. I know it's harvest. This is like the worst thing ever. But if you guys happen to like want to grab a drink or want to grab coffee and they ended up giving him like a full tour of their farm and the cafes and like everything. And just, to, for them to take the time to do that, you just realize, like, wow, these people like really care about coffee and people, and it was such a special experience.
1: Man, and for anybody in our staff who's listening, this is uh, this is where you will be going in a couple of weeks. We're sending four people to Antigua to Brewista Antigua. So,
2: yes, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, LP, they're gonna hopefully meet him, but they'll be taken care of by Melanie. She's been really awesome too. Yeah. Are you gonna be at SCA this year? That's another question. Which I sh- I'm assuming you are, but you might not be.
2: I will be. Yes, I will be there this year in Seattle again.
1: Do you have some crazy events you have to do or anything like that?
2: in all honesty I've done them in the past like I've helped out with classes or you know tried to help with cuppings and things like that and I feel like I always leave SCA like oh my god that was such a whirlwind who did I talk to like, it was just like so Seriously. many people Yep. and I think this year I'm going to approach it differently and I just want to spend time at the booth and be there and just kind of take it for what it is this year like leave it open knowing it's going to get crazy and busy and try not to schedule as much because I want to talk to everyone. And the only way to do that is kind of just like wing it this year, I think.
0: Man, we were talking about the exact same thing. So this year we actually turned down all kind of extracurricular booth commitments. And there's like, we're going to focus on being.
2: Yeah, right? You
0: know, you're That's like, cool I got to run here. And then I got to run there. And then I got to run <laughs> here. It's just gnarly.
2: Hopefully everyone's not doing that. And then they're like, is no real show? Because really <laughs> everyone's chilling. Everyone
0: just standing there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. We have all the same vibe this down. year. <laughs>
0: What does SCA represent for you and your company? What's the biggest opportunity to go to a big show like that for?
2: I think for us, I mean, as much as we can talk to our clients every day, there aren't many places and platforms that we can get that many people in one space. And I can actually say, like, I saw, you know, 20 to 30 clients in one week or suppliers and things like that. So I think it's just like, it's like having a family reunion. You might see them on Facebook all the time, like talk to them, but to be able to like, give them a hug and like give them a handshake and like say hi and share a cup of coffee. I think those are like those really important times for us. So that's what I love is just getting us all together. And even for, you know, so a company like mine where we have three offices, even getting all three offices of traders together just to like bond and talk and and talk about the coffees we're doing and have, um, you know, last year we had uh, our coffee village. So we had someone from Papua New Guinea there, we had someone from Kenya there, someone from Mexico there and be able to showcase their coffees are, you know, such a valuable part of our business.
1: Yeah. Is your booth going to be primarily cupping this year? How does, how's it looking? Do you know?
2: I don't know yet. Yeah. We, uh, we just kind of are starting the conversations now with the SEA team and marketing team. So I'm not really sure what's to, to come, but I'm sure we'll be brewing coffees because we can't ourselves be at a show without coffee and we that want to be able true. to let people taste coffee. So we t- we tend to pick a couple coffees and, and showcase them
1: nice okay cool because yeah we'll swing by your booth obvious ah, while we're there
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> while we're all chilling we're all
1: chillaxing doing yeah. nothing for the first time
0: <laughs> what is the story i have a, I have a very pointed question
2: boy
0: boy just because you mentioned <laughs> uh you you said the word mexico
2: uh-huh.
0: so how has the landscape for coffees coming out of mexico changed recently i feel like i've at some level, I've been getting more. I wouldn't call them requests since we don't really take requests, but I've had more people asking me about higher quality coffee coming out of Mexico. And I don't know much, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah. And uh, I mean, in all honesty, like it is a, it's in the past been a challenging company, but I do see a lot of hope for it. Um, for those of the people that I've been to, like Colombia, like Mexico is very similar, that everyone kind of dries their own coffee and things are done very separate like farmers are gonna like dry their own coffee and then deliver it in parchment which makes it a little challenging to um be able to control the quality and things like that and they've had some tough years with Roya and they've had some tough years with the weather and things like that um so I think that it's just gonna take a lot of support and educating the farmers and and really getting prices up and things like that and we have a group company there that's been working on a lot of projects um, out of Mexico that we hope are going to continue to bring up some quality and some nicer coffees out of there.
1: That is interesting. How does... Yeah. D- okay. So what happens? You, somebody goes down and they say, hey, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in this area or region, but they're missing on some points. Do you, Is it like then you connect with this group of people and you're like, hey, we'd like to invest some money time energy into bringing up quality coffee in this area or is how does that work
2: yeah. I think the biggest thing is, I mean, I'm not in origin with my boots on the ground and know like exactly how right. those conversations work. But I think the biggest thing is having a presence there where we're not just going in and telling them what to do and like leaving. Right. Like we want to make sure that they understand that when quality improves, premiums improve and things like that, and that people care about the quality and then giving them the education and the tools to be accessible more than anything, because right. they have to choose to want to do it. Right. If we like not to put like a horrible analogy out there, but if someone gives me like a diet plan, if I want to cheat and I'm not really believing it, I don't want to do it, then it's not going to be fun. And it's probably not going to be successful. And I'm not going to like lose the weight that I want or whatever. So I think it's really just like giving these farmers the tools and the education and the support system out there and yeah. making them accessible.
1: That's awesome. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All starts so. with relationships.
2: Yeah. I want to go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Mexico is sick. I'm sure. Yeah. I've only yeah, been yeah, to the is. Northern parts. I've
0: never actually,
2: been at all. Yeah. And it's actually an origin. I haven't specifically been to Mexico. And I'm like, well, I mean, I've been, but not to a coffee growing region. But um, people in my office, my coworkers have been many times. Um, Erica's going next week. It's one that we do a lot. But um, it, I've heard it's very similar to Colombia. And I was in like Colombia for a while that the farmers do a lot on their own. And, and I think that there's a lot of potential. And I've been, it's not just you guys. I feel like the request has happened often. And at least for most roasters I talk to, I think that. Mexico coffees are accessible to people's minds because it's so close to us. Or maybe just because I'm in Southern California, people really want it a lot because it's right in our backyard. Right. Yeah.
0: I think because it, this it got sparked, one of the baristas at Menotti's was asking about it. And there was, it's just, she's Mexican. It's a strong cultural mm-hmm. connection. This is coffee from my people. I can relate to this because this is where I come from. Southern California is so close. And what's the deal? Yeah. So it's an interesting cultural phenomenon. And I'm always like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I just don't have a huge experience with them. Because you know, we've never worked anywhere that really bought any of them. So, right, am right, like I'm right. coming often. It's not that I don't want to know. It's just I've never had that exposure.
2: Right. Well, we'll get you there. We're going to go to Mexico. It's going to happen.
0: I'm I'm down, dude. I want to see Fabric in action.
1: Take me well, there. Take
0: <laughs> me there. So
1: take what's me there.
0: Next on your horizons? So if we're following your trajectory from entry into coffee, you've had a pretty hot, you know, six or seven years of just, it seems like you're doing really, really big things. And every year brings some sort of different thing. Do you have something that's new that like, this is Dana version 5.0. I got this vision here.
2: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, I think it's just continuing to hone in like, if I call it like my craft, like being able to like cup coffee, talk about coffee, understand coffee and being able to translate that to people. Um, so maybe start teaching more. I've done a couple cupping classes and I've been asked to do it quite a bit um, locally in San Diego to teach like Taster's Cup and things like that. So um, probably just being able to put myself on a different platform and be able to talk about it more and, and really help the industry as a whole understand like what we do as importers and how I can help and and set up cuppings and really get that out there to other people.
0: What's your relationship with production roasting? Have you done much of that?
2: I have not. No, because this was really my first entry into it. I did when I was doing quality control want to understand roasting on a bigger level. So I've roasted on an L12 and a Probatino and I've taken a class. So I've, I've been introduced to it, but I would not get close to saying I'm, I'm, you know, anything more than a novice just because i think it takes so much time and understanding of everyone's machines differently um so at least i've been experienced on it and i know um the roasting process but i haven't done much production roasting
0: and then do all the traders do they all know how to sample roast or is that just something that you happen to end up with that skill because of the quality control department roots
2: Yeah, I think being in QC was a really great start for me and entry into coffee. Um, Just being able to understand sample roasting and cupping and, you know, what happens when you roast too fast and too slow and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, I think that I was very lucky to have that quality control experience first.
0: It seems like a huge asset when you're talking to customers because you can actually talk about how to kind of shape the flavor of that coffee. You're not just shipping them something that you don't know how it will be transformed.
2: right Right.
0: educated discussion yeah
2: and you understand like different beans and density and moisture and how that affects roasting like oh this decaf roasted different or the natural it's like okay we'll try charging a little bit higher try doing this or so it is nice to at least have a a basic information and understanding of it and also like i'm still willing to learn like i pop into roasters local in san diego and i've spent many times with them on their roasters and cupping because I also know what it tastes like from a cupping standpoint where we take out the variables so that if you're introducing all these variables, at least I can tell you like a base point of where we're starting as well, which is fun.
1: Yeah, I bet that's really interesting to go and taste the differences and see what people bring mm-hmm. out or or not of the coffee.
2: Or yeah. not. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> we don't talk about that part.
1: Yeah, you're all, wow, you're doing a really good job here. Well, see you later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I-
1: I enjoy your enthusiasm.
0: Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did she like the coffee? She's just
1: <laughs> she, enthusiasm. she said enthusiasm. So I'm sure things are going oh, really? well. <laughs> she thinks I'm cool. That's for
2: sure. <laughs> it's always coffee. Coffee is always good. We can find a way around it. It's okay.
1: It's
0: yeah, always coffee. Something positive <laughs> is happening here.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Is it because you're getting high on caffeine? Is that really the positive?
0: <laughs> Probably. Because it, it helps you bump, set, and spike much more efficiently than anybody else.
2: Oi. It does help me jump. It's kind of like your your pre workout these days.
0: To be Are you this is totally unrelated. Are you on the taller end of a volleyball player or are you pretty average <laughs> in that in that realm?
2: I would say I'm on the taller end of okay. I mean, just being female, I guess and like using both sexes and sports no but as a girl i'm usually the tallest
0: i'm just trying to picture the volleyball like the beach volleyball scene full of people your height i guess you're still you're still on the taller end of everything
2: i am yeah
1: yeah Yeah. you know it's funny a lot of the dudes at my crossfit gym used to do uh volleyball and they're all like short to average (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're all fairly competitive and pretty good at it they just all can jump high
2: yeah if yeah. you can jump like it helps so much and that was like my easy transition from basketball to volleyball is like oh just put the ball like right over the net and it's easy to hit it down i can't imagine having to like pick it up and not have the height
1: do you just picture swatting little kids all the time <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. not in my house Oh,
2: man. Try not with the little kids,
1: but. (laughs) (laughs) I know you have a dream. This is what it feels like. Work for it.
2: Oh, man.
1: The world will smack you down. (laughs) Okay, so it's been a day.
0: (laughs) It's been a good day. We've had a really good day. Today's been amazing. It's
1: been a great day. Has it?
0: Yeah, we had had a a meeting of the minds. Jared and I have been together all day, pretty Mm -hmm. much, except for a little activity break.
1: That's true,
2: and except for being in separate rooms right now,
0: but except for right now, yeah, I miss you. <laughs> I, I can kind of feel your vibrations through the walls.
1: That's the Dana. Beat.
0: Is there anything that we didn't ask you about that you think is just super relevant knowledge that you want you want someone else to learn? You know.
2: Oh man, you are like a heavy hitter with these questions today. Where
0: <laughs> okay. <on> go, dude? <laughs> I I don't even. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Jared and I talk amongst ourselves a lot, and then we Mm -hmm. do a lot of interviews with baristas or people who own cafes. So you are a really rare bird in that you're a coffee trader, one, but your your career story is just like, it's really interesting and unique, and you're so well-spoken. I just can't help asking these questions. I know I probably should have prepped you more. I'm just throwing
1: it <laughs> Yeah, in your yeah. face.
2: More or at all, but... Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> it's okay. It's game time. I'm ready. Um, no, I mean, I think that the biggest thing is people don't always understand, like, what the role of an importer is sometimes. And I think sometimes we get, like, a bad rep, or sometimes we get a good rep, and depending who it is, and I just think that for anyone who works at a coffee shop or is a roaster or a buyer, I think just understanding that having a good relationship with your importer is probably the most valuable. Like we're here to help you source coffee, import coffee. Maybe it's direct trade and we're just importing, or maybe you just want to learn more. Maybe you want to cup more, come in and cup every day or understand the market. Like we're here, we're the ones looking at it all the time. We can help you understand that. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is just knowing that, we're accessible and we have people come in and cup all the time and, and we want to help you grow your business. Like I feel like sometimes we're in the business of growing businesses and the more that you have a relationship and the more that you communicate your needs and what you want, like I'm here just to help you. Like I want to not bother you with samples, but I also want to get you them if you want. Like we're here to be the best importer or part of your team as possible. So just being open to ask those questions. If you don't understand, I know even starting this new roaster, it's like. What does FOT mean? What's this mean? What's financing? What's carry? What's this? Like mm. just feel open and empowered to answer and ask those questions. Like it's it's important for you to know.
1: That's awesome actually. For people who are listening to not feel condemned for even asking those questions ahead of time will be nice to probably raise uh lift that burden a little bit. Tell me this, Dana. What is something? <laughs> hey, well, you're kind of, you probably you're touching on it anyway, but tell me something That everybody assumes about importers as as their job and what you do and traders, that is absolutely false. But you're like, you know, it's like that thing that you keep hearing over and over again. Everybody's like, yeah, you do this, that, and the other, right? And you're like, not at all. That's yeah. That's not what I do. Tell me
2: that. I think that like we just want to make money. Like, where's our money coming from? And I actually think that like our margins are quite small for the most part. And I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, like we want to be a good part of your team and not necessarily just here just to make money. Like I care. And that's me What coffee is like, you know, if you get a coffee and it's not good, you're not going to come back. So I need to do a job to get you a good coffee and keep you happy. And so that's probably like the biggest thing is like, we're here to help relationships and connect people and not necessarily even just be like, Hey, come buy coffee from whatever we have. Like, as an importer, you're not a broker. Like we have operations in other countries. We actually import the coffee into the U S you know? So having those relationships, I think are really important and understanding like how they work.
1: Mm, That is actually a very fascinating statement. I personally would not have thought that, but that is interesting that you hear that people think you just want to make cash money, which obviously is a part of business, but that, yeah, totally and I guess maybe it's because I met you in a context where I would just never assume that you or your company is money hungry per se it's you know you've Mm -hmm. always kind of been relationship focused and fun and you know yourself which I've always appreciated so anyways that's a shout out to you but that is crazy (laughs) that is interesting
2: yeah yeah
1: and you were a baller so we all we already got you you know how come
2: can't hear the word baller without wanting to say shot collar, though. Like, it's bad. Like, I no, think
1: that's <laughs> It's because you grew up in a You should the just Cal- say shot every yeah. time. Yeah.
2: This is what it is, you know? But you guys have been <laughs> awesome as well. So, thank you.
1: Ever since Let's- Palm Springs and the floating lazy river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can oh we my talk God. about how we met?
0: That was like the beginning of a little. That's so funny. Lazy river, baby. That's we the we had best all thing left- ever.
1: Yeah. yeah. Chris and I were fresh out of jobs and in a new jobs. <laughs> fresh out of jobs. <laughs> and uh floating on, around,
2: um, yeah, yeah. Was that four years ago? Three years ago? That was oh, a while ago.
1: It was a while ago, probably three yeah. to four years ago.
0: Man, I felt it was so funny because that I I felt so disconnected from the industry at that point, even though I'd been a part of the specialty coffee industry for years and years and years. Just the like the life circumstances that it just started to take shape. I just kind of felt I don't know. That was like a really lonely, weird time for me.
2: That's what I pounced on you guys. I was like, this guy looks lonely on the t- raft by himself.
1: <laughs> She's all, hi, I'm Dana. I just kick puns. Here's my friends. <laughs> my We're friend. doing stuff. <laughs> you guys want to talk about coffee?
0: Because I know a couple things. And uh, yeah. I know all this stuff. That's neat.
1: Man,
2: I'm just kidding. You looked really it was, confident.
0: It was. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. In all honesty, it was really nice to meet you there and to be able because we did have some of those conversations that you were just referencing about. Okay, how does this work? How does carry work? Like, what, like, what the heck is happening here? Yeah. And you took the time to explain some of those things, and that that was super super useful because it's intimidating to be in an industry for a really long time and come to the realization that you know a whole lot about one part of the industry, but there's this whole other part that like, I didn't know anything about, you know, I knew quality, but I didn't know how shit, I don't know how importing works. So I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, of course. It's (laughs) a lot. Like, I think, I mean, even it was like, Peter Giuliano was like, okay, let importers do what they do well. We do what we do well. So we can focus on roasting. So like, if I can make it less work for you to like have to focus on something else and when's this coming and when's this happening or how does this happen? It's like, I would rather you guys focus on roasting coffee and doing what you need to do. And then like us, like making it just easier for you, you know? Dana,
1: just yeah. Take us all under your wing, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Mama D now. Oh, my God. So in Mama
2: college. They did okay. call me Ma- Mama
1: Dane. So like, like... <laughs> Dude, I seriously have a gift. You're Okay, I got to just – this is the weirdest thing. Everybody – I always make up these weird nicknames for people, and almost everybody's all, that's what they used to call me in high school. And I'm all right on. <laughs> That's oh a, my gosh yeah, you're like a gift. psychic name nicknamer yeah it's know. a really it? it's a really classic gift totally gets me a lot of places <laughs>
0: yeah i'm sure it's gonna pay dividends for us in the future i'm sure
1: <laughs> yeah it already has I just wanted Mama to be rolling
0: with someone to figure out people's high school nicknames <laughs> it's a
1: it's connecting point chris it's a connecting point okay it- connecting
0: point. It's like, I know so much about you within the first five minutes of meeting you that I can deduce your high school nickname. Mm-hmm. That's
1: powerful. They call me Papa Deduce. <laughs> Papa Deduce. Oh that was my, uh, yeah, that's Mike and one nickname. Papa Deuce. Papa Deuce,
0: dude. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: P-A-P-A-D-E-U-C-E. <laughs> Two going words. In
0: so, going in so many directions.
1: One crossover.
0: I'm... White Iverson. Mm. When I started balling, I was young. Dana, There's that something... actually is
1: the nickname they gave me in high school. That's not a joke. He was White <laughs> Ivy. They call me White Ivy.
0: White Ivy530 at hotmail.com.
1: That was my <laughs> first ever email.
0: You can get a hold of him.
1: <laughs> one day We're I'll get some switch. footy of the crossover. I used to have one.
0: Oh dude. We'll do a crossover montage. I
1: could probably still do the crossover, just wouldn't be as cool. <laughs>
0: Well, I, you just need to practice a little bit. You're definitely more you're fit. So. Actually, yeah.
1: I might I might be able to pull it now. I think you can pull it. Thanks, Chris. I
2: feel like with your CrossFit, you could probably dunk now, too. Let's just go for it. Dude, oh,
1: I oh, was oh. wondering about hops, actually, the other day. I was like, man, I know I got more explosivity than I used to. Right?
2: Yeah. Those box jumps.
1: Those box jumps, dude. Freaking hip opens.
0: <laughs> let's, let's film that, too. There was a period of time when I could dunk on a 10-footer. It was one of my life's greatest achievements. I was pretty <laughs> psyched.
1: I dunked three times on a 10-footer. Isn't it the, it the feels best bad. feeling ever? Oh, yeah. The best.
0: And you're like 5'9", so people are like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's who I am.
0: <laughs> it's me. This is actually an everyday occurrence.
1: I'm not going to do it again little, for you. You saw it. I just
0: give you a little taste. <laughs> <laughs> you can deal with that.
1: Oh, man. Dana, you can, can kick you dump my Dana? Ass.
2: Can I dunk? I'm going to say yes, but I'm not going to reference in where I can dunk and on what. It's it's not lying. I can probably in a swimming pool, but yeah. I can
1: dunk a donut myself. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Respect. No way. Mm. Dana, we're going to exceed you in like one month. So we're going to have the best time yeah
0: i want to wrap this up by saying there was something that's been on my mind which i just opened up this book here dana that i'm reading or have been reading and you really reminded me of this so i was reading this book's called so good they can't ignore you and the dude that wrote it kind of makes this play among other things about these two different kind of mindsets and you're really embodying one of them and it's what he calls the craftsman mindset, which is where you focus relentlessly on the value that you're offering the world in opposition to focusing only on what like the world is offering you. And it seems like you're really focusing on what you can bring to the table and how you can make other people's lives better and how you can do positive things for the company. And because of that, you're just kicking ass all over the place. So I don't know. I, it was like a full circle moment. I just wanted to point that out that I think it's a really, you know, you're fucking living it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, thanks. I can try my best. And I think the end of the day, like I just care about people and like, and that's, farmers it's roasters it's people that are drinking the final cup like any part of the chain and life i just care about people so i mean i'm not perfect by any means i definitely make mistakes and things like that but as i just keep trying to help people along the way and build those relationships i think that's just gonna make the world a better place you know
1: you heard it here first (laughs) but the question of the day is are you going to hang out with paul wall Slim Thug, Scarface, <laughs> Chameleonaire, or Mac Jones. Who? Which, which one of those Houston rappers are you going to be kicking it with today, dude? Devin the Dude? Who you at?
2: I mean, maybe I'll just throw a party and invite them all, you know? Just mm. There you go. each other. Classic you, dude.
1: Jones. Mike Jones? Who? Mike Jones? Lecrae? <laughs> <laughs> he okay. out there in Houston, dude. <laughs> Trying to get it. Oh, I would man. say don't hang with Paul Wall. Just cause yeah. that guy's just don't do it.
2: Okay. I'll, I'll take your advice on that one. Just <laughs> trying
1: to, just trying to see, I mean, I knew you'd be hitting the clubs in Houston. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> okay. all honesty, honestly, I just, so much go- like me. I just Googled Houston rappers just to see.
2: <laughs> Did you really? Oh yeah. I was like you. his education on these Houston rappers. <laughs> you're all, yeah,
1: dude. Lil Flip, Lil Kiki, <laughs> Pimp C, oh, RIP dude, 2007. How long is that list? Oh, it's long, dude. I'm just like, I just scrolled the long young stars in there. Crime Boss, OG Style, died in 2008. You know, the I don't know who
0: Young Star is. Me neither,
1: dude. I don't know who Lil O is either, but there they are. Big Pokey, (laughs) Chingo chingo Bling, Riff Raff.
2: I don't think (laughs) I want to know them.
1: (laughs) Oh, dude, but you could meet Baby Bash. Baby Bash. So (laughs) flat. Oh, Devin, the dude's there. That's tight. Okay, that was just... Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you're... I
2: have an eventful night, it sounds like. <laughs> I yeah. mean,
1: what are you doing in Houston? You're going to kick it with the homies? Your, your CEOs? <laughs> What's happening?
2: Yeah, Last we month? have a, We just had a company get together and bringing all the offices together and talking about some some goals and some plans for the next few years, and, and we're excited about it. So it's just good sometimes to say hey and, and give each other a high five, you know? We're bringing it back.
1: Respect. Well, I thank yeah. you for being on our podcast. I had a great time. Like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you did as like well. Like we
0: always do about this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you having a good time? Yes. having a great time. I, said I had a great I time.
2: That. I actually I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in like that long. So I selfishly just love the opportunity to say hi.
1: Dude, I know it's been a long time. I didn't realize until I got on the phone slash email phone, but it took a email while. Phone. It's been a long time. Got on
0: the internet phone.
1: It's because you yeah. talk to Chuck now, don't you? Because what? You talk to Charles Jack now when you talk to us.
2: Oh, this is true. Yes. He came to visit and cupped with us and said hello. And
1: yeah. The old anyway
2: I'm
0: sorry. I'll make it to the
2: Bay soon, though. I'm due for a visit in a Bay Area Uh, visit. Old Walnut Crick.
0: She's over you.
2: (laughs) Well, and you guys need to come back down to San Diego. Uh,
0: I think we're going to come back down quite a bit. So there. What's
2: up? Okay. there. Go to
0: Hawthorne, <laughs> go to Blue Lagoon, check the whole scene. Let's do it. Maybe shoot really some hoops. I haven't shot in a while, but I will
1: warm it up. <laughs> warm it up, I'll Chris
2: we'll find you a place to do crossfit jared don't worry i already
1: have dude invictus i'm fine i'll come play basketball with you yeah dude i I know some stuff dude (laughs) or
2: beach volleyball we'll just like take it to the beach nope i
1: will play basketball with you i will not beach volleyball
0: (laughs) but what if we made a little movie out of it you know (sighs) then i might what if if you got your Iceman on you know okay oh no here's
1: our deal dude here's our deal (laughs) We will all skate with you, Chris. We'll play basketball with you if you guys do CrossFit with me, and then we oh. all three will do something together.
0: Like a like a triple, oh. like we'll triple up.
1: Yeah, and then we can all show our value somewhere.
0: Now, show <laughs> <let me laughs> present to you, my value.
1: I feel like Dana will win that game, but it's great. That's fine. I'm glad to <laughs> showcase Dana's yeah. skills.
0: You might have the most broad uh, fitness, you know. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, we could do it. We could, we could, it, it could sounds like fun. A day, in, a day in the life. Three yeah. different people's lives. This is what we do.
1: You'll see And me. then the last
2: day, we'll all be really sore from doing everyone else's sport. It's like
0: the last day will be probably. foam rolling.
1: I will do <laughs> right? yeah, full on. I'll have all the pads. I'll have knee, shin, wrist, and helmet guards. <laughs> <laughs> and I guard. haven't been on a skateboard in a while. And a mouth guard. <laughs> kind of guys. Don't worry about me, Chris. I'm going to hit this. Nail it. <laughs> Throw it. Throw it right in my face. Ugh,
2: spike. <laughs> we're weird. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> somehow. Somehow. Uh, so great. I feel like you must have to go to dinner soon because you're, what, two hours ahead of us?
0: I feel like that's the getting caught podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as we wrap this up, it's just because we're such cool, and good friends. We don't want to say bye. Yeah, you're no.
1: my top dude. Top dude. <laughs> Talk. All right, we're going to
0: put this thing to bed. Thank you so much for coming. It was super awesome. And we're going to, to do round 2 of this thanks, at some point. Thanks
1: for coming over, Dana. <laughs> over. Awesome.
0: Yeah. It was uh, great
2: to, if, to answer if you the phone fill call. Fill
0: out fill out the form you'll you get an extra 10% off your next visit and
1: uh yeah, tell it. call call What's your the- mom. Okay. Well, see you on the flip flop. Goodbye. Okay,